from Los Angeles, California. This is The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. This is a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. This podcast contains strong language and is intended for mature audiences. It is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy. The statistic is currently around 91% of women, men it's a little less, but are unhappy with their bodies. 91%? 91%. Yeah, yeah I believe and it. Th- That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's all, I just keep going back to this celebration of getting older and acknowledging accomplishments Absolutely. and all the good things that, you know, that's one of the things that I talk with young women about. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I like what you said, Candice, that I, definitely that males struggle with this too. And it's mm-hmm. tricky. So when I work with adolescent boys, don't think that I'm not also kind of making sure that that is, we talk about everything, you know, but I'll never <laughs> rule it out that just because I have a nice football player, you know, in my office that he doesn't have something else going on yeah. behind, you know, the scene. If somebody has a poor body image, how might that affect, I know we've talked about it a little bit here, but how might that affect their ability to be in intimate relationships or to be attractive to other people? I mean, is it attractive to be with someone who's always talking about their fat ass or, you know, their scrawny arms or, you know, Personally, it would be very difficult for me to be with a man who is like obsessed with his body. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't allow you to connect with him right. on any other because there's, they don't want to mm-hmm. talk about anything else mm-hmm. because they can't get it out of their head. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, I also think it comes down to what mindfulness is, and mindfulness yeah. is the state of being in the here and the now in the moment, right? Receiving energy giving back energy. And so that comes back to my belief. There's that third party that's in the relationship. So even whether it's not an eating disorder, or not body image is a third relationship, right? A distorted body image. You're having a relationship with that dysfunctional belief and it blocks intimacy and relationship. You can't fully engage in uh, receiving your partner's energy and vice versa and giving back because that's in the way. It's hard. I'm thinking of throughout the years, um, many, I would say women, but I, I could also say a, few, a handful of men would say that while they are having intimate moments, making love, um, messing around, kissing, hugging, touching, that they are fully covered mm-hmm. uh, and they don't want anything to jiggle or shift as though they should be these, you know, movie stars with, mannequins. you know, like uh, mannequins. of gray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you just want to go, hold on one second, makeup, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've got to adjust the lighting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... Could I get a softer gel on this lens? It's just oh so gosh. unrealistic. And, you know, Jenny and I were talking... On, Pull that uh, camera back. Pull it. It's too close. Pull it back. Pull yeah. it back. I mean, we, we, oh. were, we were laughing a lot. We ended up talking about penises and whatever and size and everything. And we will never stop talking about penises, just <laughs> so you know. Paging Dr. Floyd. Dr. Floyd. Paging Dr. Floyd. No, we won't. I love to talk about penises. Yes. But, you know, we were uh, very playful about penis size. I had no idea why. Oh, my God. I just jumped into something. This is, <laughs> I, 
Is it cocktail hour already? I Did you not listen to our show <laughs> number one? I'm sorry. I just think it's hysterical, though. <laughs> but, you know. I have no idea. Right. Um, but, you know, we talk about everything. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about, we were talking about small penises and large penises. And, you know, it doesn't really matter because, you know, body image is body image. Love mm-hmm. is love. And it could look so many different ways. It could be big and small and jiggly and tight and firm and in ripple. And you, Jenny, were sharing with me a wonderful movie. Did you want to bring that up? That oh, muffin top movie? Oh, yeah. A friend of mine, uh, Catherine Michon, has made a movie called Muffin Top. And it's, oh, I heard about that. Yeah, okay. it's really about women and their body images, how it's affected by media and culture and perpetuated uh, in relationships and about how... We see ourselves and and how we can take those messages that we're getting from outside of ourselves and we can use them to empower us or we can use them to destroy us. And I think working with good therapists and groups and friends, whatever it is that you're doing, you want to invite more of that self-acceptance into your life. And consume media and with these positive messages that are saying it's okay to be you in whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And so there begins the hard work of instead of, you know, uh, focusing and obsessing on what you don't have, it's taking that obsession and then look, making it the balance because we're not looking for perfection. Like who doesn't go there and the things that they don't have, right? But let's go to the other side, right? (laughs) And let's not start beating yourself up uh, because you can't. Yeah. Like everybody has that, those, but, but so, so much of the, the work that I do is it's everything about what I don't have, what I haven't achieved. I'm lesser than, and I'm like, well, let's talk about what you do have. Let's talk about what your strengths are, right? Because I think we all are along the solution focus therapy in the sense of like let's not concentrate so much on the problem let's what are our strengths let's look at the solution so my god you're telling me you have all of this stuff going on for you like have you ever kind of sat in that like mindfully like in the moment like appreciation appreciated that and like jumped into that sort of arena it's difficult some clients have a really hard time it's difficult for them to focus on the positive and when we're talking about positive it's not just the f- I mean you can't yes. you can mention like I oh okay I have I like my hair or this right. and that but we want to get into you know their saying, personal strength their strength their integrity celebration celebration yeah. abilities um vulnerabilities and, and and i also we all talk about this i think we're very along the line just because you have some issue or a deficit doesn't have to be a deficit people that have anxiety are incredibly insightful amazing multitaskers i think people survivors of eating disorders are incredibly insightful and we can give back to other people who you know, i think we, we are much more compassionate because we've been through the mud and the dirt before. This could be useful. So whatever you think your issue is, you can use it to your advantage. Totally. I have a lot of people that I see struggling with OCD. Yeah. And, you know, before we even think of taking it away, we look at all the ways that OCD has helped their life. Totally. I mean, these are like, you know, it's it's helped them in college and, you know, become working up the corporate ladder and yes. things like that. Yeah. So what, the one thing I wanted to mention in this show is that there's a wonderful woman on YouTube. She has great TED Talk, uh, Brene Brown, and she is the vulnerability uh, researcher. She's a social worker, and she talks all about 
if you're going to grow, you have to risk mm-hmm. feeling vulnerable. Yeah. And I very think... Very scary for a lot of people. Very, very scary. Frightening. Yeah. Yep. And and you got to... Incredibly scary. And she's wonderful. Check it out, people yeah. on YouTube. Brene Brown. Yeah. You can try this at home. That is a part of it, right? It's looking at how fear is serving you or has served yeah. you in the past because what's the function of the behavior right because obsessive ocd and and mm. eating disorder is a form of ocd right i mean it is a compulsive behavior i mean it falls in in a similar umbrella i i, I think it's it, it falls in clinicians will sort of use that you know sort of umbrella body dysmorphia is actually in anxiety disorders now it's actually part of the dsm-5 now but you're definitely looking at you know it's it's the long the lines of What's the function of the behavior? How have you, what are the rituals and compulsions? You know, all the what ritual and compulsions are all the time that is spent, right? The safety behaviors. Could you um, give us an example? Yeah. Uh, exa- example of a safety behavior? Uh, like uh, compulsive, or, obsessive. Like. Uh, okay. So uh, if you have um, OCD, it is where um, it can look, there's, there's several different ways. Number one is you are focused, you're ruminating and hyper-focusing on a dysfunctional thought process. So there is the actual cognition, cognition portion of OCD. Then there's also what are called like compulsions and rituals that are safety behaviors some people see it on television, um, such as the light switching, right? Washing of the hands, right? right? Um, I definitely believe it falls along the pendulum of when you're doing eating disorders, right? Withholding, purging, binging, orthorexia, like portion control. Yes, totally. Because you're, it's, that's a safe, we call it safety behaviors because you feel in control and it's regulating your anxiety. Mm -hmm. This is very shocking for a lot of clients to know, like it's regulating my anxiety because it, but it's causing more anxiety. <laughs> so yeah. So that's when you learn to sort of break the habits. So, yeah. uh, uh, and what about the, when you become healthier, the mm. absence of that physiological state mm-hmm. of anxiety? Yeah. Often people will say, I feel numb. I feel, mm-hmm. I call it flatlining. You yeah. know, it yeah. feels so like, uh, like you lost a friend, like yes. grief and loss yeah. because life is. is not that amped anxious, yeah. worry, you know, a uh, hurricane anymore. Yeah. And so like you have to get used to that. About the role, like Candace is talking about the role of the eating disorder in a relationship as being a third person. And just in one's own life, having a relationship with anxiety or food is, it is another entity. It's something mm-hmm. that's very personal and people get attached to. Yeah. Totally. But yeah. but but I'll also like to say the sense of I get what you're saying because you in this high state of anxiety like this dopamine rush, yes. right if you will. Right. And then my clients come in and go, I, I don't like it. I feel like a robot. I don't, I feel numb. I don't feel like I'm, um, I, I feel bizarre, flat. flat. I hear flat a lot. And I'm like, hold on, just hold on because Talk it's, it's, it, it's not, it, you're breaking an old dysfunctional habit. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel strange. Mm-hmm. Fake it until you make it. That's one of my you know, favorite act, mottos. Act and so you shall be, it's all those like affirmations. Act as if. And so there is yeah. something to to be said for, I mean, they've done neurological studies, CAT scans, you know, PET scans, whatever, that they show in the brain that, you know, when you do the action of something, you start to physiologically change the brain waves. So, um, so that's why you do therapy. That's why you go to group. That's why you just hold on and you slowly start to see the changes. 
a lot of my clients have the unrealistic expectation that, you know, they'll come to one session and they'll, you know, why can't I get it? Then it, then that becomes a whole other can of worms. So why can't I get this? And why isn't it better now? I'm like, because you just started. And, and how long have you had the habit, yes. right? Right. Like, let's talk about that. What you're looking for is small nuggets. It's building blocks. And you're going to fall. You're going to have what's known as a prolapse, not a relapse, a prolapse, where you're going to fall back a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. We all fall into small little habits. But the difference is, is now you have the coping skills, mm -hmm. right? You have the support system. You can see the advantages of how your healthy behaviors and um, are, are, you know, are manifesting in your life. So, uh, uh, you know, therapists often call it your toolbox, right? Yeah, so you identify toolbox. the triggers yeah. and then yeah. you have wonderful coping skills that you have learned. Here's something you can try. I have my clients like do like, you know, some of my clients are, are um, need like visualization boards, if you will. Like, I want you to keep a calendar. It's just for you, private. You can hide it someplace. But I want you to track like how you're feeling through the week as, re as you're going through recovery, right? Because so many people are like when they go and they look at this calendar, they're like, oh, well, actually, I had, I had like two good days this week. That's wonderful. Two out of seven is amazing. And visually they can see it. And yeah, also it's like tracking. Winnicott yeah. would also call that a transitional object. Yes. Yeah. Something that you can hold or see or yes. you know, get a sense of that really makes it a reminder, a concrete uh, Another toolbox is like an index card that I have some of my clients put in their purses or for guys to carry around of like their intentions. What is your goal? What's your intention, right? What, what does your life look like now and what do you want, right? And so that reminds them that when they're going back to the negative safety behaviors, right, that's what they're going to get. It's like motivational interviewing, right? If you do this behavior, what are the pros and cons? And if you try something different, what are the pros and cons of that? But I have them put in a little index card because it helps. It, it just gets them out of the mind. You know, it's a diversion technique. It's the opposite emotion, opposite action. Clients can carry around little lists of alternative things to do of so course so yeah. kind of replacing yeah. the habit or the ritual and it takes time it takes time but it's such a beautiful I mean I you know I'm on the other side hindsight is all you know they say right. hindsight's 2020 I tell each client which is so hard to believe but this is my belief is that there's a time and a season and a reason for everything and you're everyone has different aha moments and for us, we know aha moment is when you get it, when everything clicks, right? That you you need this time to sort of marinate, to sort of evolve, and and you'll get there. And you, it sounds like you're also talking about pushing past one's resistance yeah. and ambivalence. Yeah. And I think a lot of people come into therapy or groups or some sort of a recovery program thinking on some level that they want to change or uh, lose a habit, alter a unhealthy thought process, and then a few days in or a few sessions in, it's pretty obvious they're not ready. You know, and that's okay too. And totally. I think it's I think it's tremendously sad when people then just take that as another example of failure and spiral further. You, you don't have to get help. You don't have to get group if you're not 100% buy-in. Of course right. not. You, you, you just go. Just go and 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 just be. And, and just, love yourself. Right? And if just... Because mindfulness, the state of mindfulness is accepting where you're at. And if you're not in a great space and you're not happy, that's okay too. That's teaching you to, you know, build your distress tolerance and sort of be in the state of anxiety and unhappiness. And that's okay. You know, instead of fighting the unhappiness, okay, here, we're here. 
and I'm not happy with the way things are going, so let me just be in the moment. So it's like an attachment style with the eating struggle. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because it could be mm-hmm. secure, it mm-hmm. could be, mm-hmm. you know, anxious, ambivalent. That's a great way of looking at it. Or avoidant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, and it's okay wherever you are if yeah. you take those baby steps It just yeah. taking a deep breath and, and, and just sitting with someone even. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to talk. Moving on. So I just want to touch on a couple other things and then we'll wrap up. Again, if you're in a relationship and you have a poor body image, it can cause some problems because if you don't feel good about yourself, it's hard. You you can find yourself taking it out on other people. Or, and, or you can be so disengaged. Right. You can be so shut down. And you might also project onto other people your own ideas about what perfection or a good body image is, even if it's not healthy. You may not be open to letting somebody love you and accept your body, which is actually the opposite of what an eating disorder usually... I mean, usually there's... There's a need there to to have some sort of love or affirmation or feel better about oneself. Mm-hmm. And this goes to self-esteem, which mm-hmm. is such a huge factor, but we really haven't talked about I mean, we've talked about it, but we haven't named it, the importance of self-esteem. And mm-hmm. both of you mentioned how important it is for us to think about our internal strengths and capabilities mm-hmm. and our personal wins in life as opposed to our failures to live up to some standard. And in separating whose stuff is whose, yeah. you know, I mean, right my, you know, my mom grew up with my grandmother having mm-hmm. her stuff and that was projected onto my mom. My yeah. mom projected it onto me. Yeah. Uh, it's generational. And mm-hmm. part of growing up in the maturity is saying, wait a minute. And then there's also society. Uh-huh. And oh yeah, for sure. Society. <laughs> up to 11. And plus a sister that was a size one growing up and you right. know comparing yourself to siblings I and mean, my older sister's like half a foot taller than me totally. and her boobs are like two sizes bigger with this black <laughs> thick beautiful latino hair yeah and, and i take after my mother's side of the family yeah smaller i mean my sister was a very petite all growing up and so they would have her clothes in the front of the store no matter where i was from the, i remember six years old eight years old ten years old oh you're this size okay yours is all the way in the back and i would i would remember that and then one day then i just had a feeling about it and it really then that got to me but as I grew up, I really needed to, well, uh, with a good, wonderful um, helpers along the way of therapy and, and uh, doing some research and understanding, uh, you know, about growing up, I had to sift out whose was whose. And once I said, oh, okay, I just heard a comment and that's, that wasn't meant for me. Then I could really help me and grow and say, oh, God, I could actually give it back to them. I'm not going to own that because that's not mine. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, once I got that, things were a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. You know, all the projections, managing who's projection, projecting what. And, and me saying, I don't have to take it. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's not my truth, my reality. Let's talk about boundaries, too, because that's <laughs> poor boundaries is pretty prevalent, right, in... Um, uh, eating issues, body dysmorphia, there are poor boundaries. Poor boundaries. There's usually a meshment in family. It's either, well, there can be disengaged too, but there is a sense of poor boundaries, and that's what you're talking about. The boundaries are owning other people's stuff, right? Yes. Owning society, owning 
project, you know, interjecting stuff from family members, society, Facebook. Right. And social media in general. Oh, if I can't, I just, oh my, I just want to give a message. People, please. Facebook is Facebook. It is, it is, it is a altered picture, you know. Nobody puts a bad picture of themselves on Facebook other than if it's, you know, they're expressing emotion you know like a death of somebody or you see people do that now which is fine but you know i'm talking about i have so many clients that come in well they look so happy and they look so skinny i'm like fantasy fantasy and so i'm like okay so that that's what i'm talking about the boundaries facebook is a lot about personal branding too yes that's something that's a great way of putting it because it's what what is the image that you're projecting to the world and we think so much about it ourselves and then we think nobody else thinks that way and that's the distortion how many times do we talk to singles who put the best picture of themselves (laughs) and then people show up on dates and and it's nothing of what they look like because it's a picture from 12 years ago you know so so that was a moment in their life where Mm -hmm. they felt powerful or attractive or something and that again is saying it's not okay to be who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why I love websites like there's a wonderful website that I know a lot of people found love on. BBW, Big Beautiful Women. Oh, I love it. Oh awesome. my God. That's great. So many people wonderful. found love. And I mean, Aww. lovely people. And yeah. it's, and to be able to just own it and go, and they get to be themselves. What a beautiful thing. They get to mm-hmm. just put down any, you know, rational mm-hmm. thoughts about society and, and jump on there and, and, and just enjoy it. Not that, you know, that's the only website, there, but, but sure. be happy with who you are as yeah. the message. It's a good message. I think of Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> like she was just, she was like a size 14. She was freaking she, she gorgeous. Yeah. And so yeah. I and don't so, know, yeah. like, I, I, I don't, I just think that, I mean, Kim Kardashian, she, she's not a size. Everybody's two, getting sure. that fake bubble butt. I don't, don't know She's what it, that's about. There was this article this weekend that I read, and I think I, I sent it to you both, where they took a group of men and they showed them silhouettes of women and were asking what they found most attractive, oh, yeah, and that, they, that they found a correlation between attractiveness of the curvature of the spine in, to the, the top angles. of the butt. Yeah. yeah, that it was about the angles. It wasn't about the size of the butt. Mm-hmm. Or the size of breasts, and it was really challenging what we all think it's about. Don't you also think, and that's a whole other thing, plastic surgery, we can talk about all that, but right. don't you think that is so unethical to, to uh, you know, it, why in the transgender community you have to go for, you know, uh, 10 sessions to clarify that this is your true self and blah, 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 mm. but why everybody can just go to any doctor and go get butt implants and not talk about like let's just can we just talk a little bit about what's going on i will say i will advocate for some plastic surgeons because they've actually been the ones who refer the clients to me great great how wonderful but there are some i agree with you then there's the other ones that i'm like you're uh, man someone needs to report you guys because that was this is not okay that you can that that it's really not okay because our girls are learning yeah and so i will kind of advocate for that there are some really good plastic surgeons that pick up quickly on ah i mean i've had some couple clients that they've just been you know doctor shopping and you know and so the doctor picks up and they're like ah i just think i'm going to give you a referral and go talk to the therapist for a bit and so so i will advocate for that but yeah i agree i think that this you know insatiable need um well i mean they had that wonderful um 
thing on E where the two plastic surgeons talk about the botched jobs or people, oh, yes. do you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Because they've botched, had, yeah. that's called. And right. so I think they have kind of, you know, deferred then to give it the time and do some therapy before they once again have like their 20th surgery, so. Yeah. Well, because that can become an obsessive compulsive Are behavior you too, me? an obsession. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. and people want it fast and easy as Microwave well. society. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But what I thought about when you were saying that at the top of the show and our generation as a microwave society yeah, and putting it in and it coming out perfect is yeah. I have yet to put something in the microwave and have it come out perfect. But there's the illusion that we're going to. And I think that that Lovely. was how I, yeah. what I thought when you were talking about mm-hmm. that, like you take the food out. It always looks so much better when you, when you cook actually it. cook it in the oven. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if it's still in the little oh. you know thing. And yeah. yet there's a idea like I gotta get it now I gotta get it fast. yes what a wonderful way to for in the stages of recovery to put you know that's a wonderful example to give to people for the recovery that it's much more of a it, there, there is a I don't want to say lengthy but there's a much more of a, a loving process because there's I feel like there's more love that goes when you put something in the oven right you're very careful and you know put it in there and well they talk about that with food all the time yeah. too what's the difference yeah. between a meal you know made by one person versus another and they I don't know. Yeah. When I say they, when I, I love they, me some frozen food. <laughs> I, I do. I, I love, love frozen it. food too. I'm so but bad for you. It's awful. But I'm like, like, it doesn't come out necessarily no, like the picture on the box. See, I didn't grow up with. I didn't grow up with a mom or you know dad. I mean, I grew up with like. You know, stovers and uh, so did what I. is it? They, I grew up with working parents. And I think the point I was making at Microwave Society is that was the beginning of the, you know, the, the quick fix. That was quick. quick fix before the internet was, you know, them fast and the, perfect. Fast and perfect. And that you can, like, and m- microwaves were built so you could, the moms could multitask, right? right? You could throw it and you could you get the table ready and working moms and working families. Right. And so that's what I'm saying in the sense of we've, we've forgotten to slow down and, and really care about what matters and, in this world. Yeah, and yes. look at the backstory. <laughs> Which is, oh, okay, here's the microwave, but we're not going to tell you it causes cancer. And we're not going to tell you about all the awful, you know, preservatives and Mm -hmm. everything that goes into it. Don't worry about that. So I wonder about the implications about, you know, body image and all the things that these, you know, kids and and Mm -hmm. teens and young adults are seeing. I think you have to be really careful about how you talk about yourself with others as well. And I think Mm -hmm. that. Sometimes people talk too much about their bodies, you know, and they can just have a whole conversation about what they don't like about their bodies. Or, or make jokes. Or make jokes. They're very self-effacing. Yeah. And and if you're in a relationship, if you're dating someone and you're like, you look hot, and that person's like, no, we don't. Or, oh, but I feel so fat. And, yeah. and it just dismisses whatever the beauty of that compliment or the real meaning of that was. And then what is the person's motive what is what is somebody's motivation to continue to compliment you if every time that they do or to point out the things that they love about you if every time that they do you tell them that they're wrong or... well then the other partner's not getting validated either there's not you're you know because if i say you look gosh you look so hot you look so gorgeous and then you shut you shut it down thank you Right? Then, you, then, then I'll take that. Yes. <laughs> Why, Jenny, you look so lovely in your Midwest t-shirt. top t shirt top there. Thank you. But you do, girl. Do I'll you know take that. Right on, Mama. 
and she's role modeling. Thank yeah. you. She's taking it in, and then there's no, a nice exchange but, but of intimacy. It's really, if you're not used to saying thank you to compliments, that is it right. itself it's something learning. it takes yeah. practice. Right. right. Definitely. It's like, right. oh God, it feels yeah. so wrong. Which comes into the conversation of. You know, what What does a partner do when they're dealing with somebody who has self-esteem issues, eating disorders, body dysmorphia? And and let's just talk about this. Those are just the, that's just a, a, a one issue. There's so many underpinnings because it's about anxiety, depression. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're also thinking about But it's all coming too. out in this one yeah. kind of socially that's, acceptable way. Yeah, that's just the exterior behavior. But there's so much more stuff that's going on. But, but I think that that kind of leads into what does a partner do? Like, what am I, oh my God, what is, how do I deal with? this do I you know like what what do I do well if my partner thinks they're unattractive I think they're hot and they think they're unattractive what do they think about me as well and then you might only start attracting people who are going to confirm your poor body image or like I say you look pretty today or I don't say you look pretty today either way you can't win with someone who is in their right. you know in the so zone is, in their mind because so, yeah. because if you didn't say anything, then I'm going to obsess about that. If yeah. you did say something, then what do you really mean? Can I really trust that? Yeah. So then yeah. that's the whole boundary stuff, too, mm-hmm. I think, for the partners, too, to understand that, it you know, you can be supportive, but that it has to be that person's work, that you can't rescue, you can't save, enabling and sort of setting your own boundaries. Because that and- person's never going to be able to win. who you're in a relationship with you'll never be able to rescue or save or fix or that has to be you can't own that person's healing they have to they have to do that journey themselves right I'm exhausted Uh a lot. Do I just had to do a shout out for the partners because I feel like we've talked so much but like in right. relationships I'm like I'm doing a shout out for you guys that are struggling that are you guys need your you know love and support too as well because it's difficult. It's difficult like you said when you're seeing a person who's suffering you know it's like it's it's incredibly hard or a parent with a yeah. child. Yeah. How sad how difficult is that? So absolutely. Really? Just relax. Exactly. And come see us. So some of the things that we've talked about are adjusting expectations. So not comparing yourself to others, whether it's on Facebook or in media. Reframing it to a much more realistic. Right. Embracing the things that are uniquely you. Here's something you can try. Celebrating your strengths and victories. So the internal strengths and then things that you're accomplishing right that aren't based on your body image so not necessarily accomplishing that you've lost five more pounds but accomplishing that you finished the book that you were reading or writing or that you joined a group you know whatever it is that you're doing that is taking you out of the environment judgment of, yeah yeah that you're replaced it's the tool bag it's it's replacing a healthy a healthy behavior for a negative behavior so instead of obsessing over the body or the eating stuff you're you're replacing all that energy into um the job or the or relation getting back into the here now and the building on the relationship so in life the, really yeah, just so jumping back, back into, into life, life and out of your head yeah Ooh, yes. can I get an amen? amen. Stop like the stinking thinking. So you're jumping into things that are you're jumping into things that are yeah. more fulfilling. Yeah. In in a mm-hmm. longer way because mm-hmm. 
the things that we accomplish that aren't based on our outward appearance are actually going to last longer because everybody's body changes constantly. My yeah. body is different than it was five years ago and 10 years ago, et cetera, et cetera. Redefining your values because the all of your value systems are, it, there's nothing, there's no room for anything else because you've, your whole value system is self, you know, is my poor self-esteem. So re- when I'm talking about value systems is what do you value in relationships, in your career, in children, no children? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, So that, if you only value being around the beautiful people, then, then all you're going to get. That's a, yeah, exactly. And, so, and that's very short-lived. This could be useful. A good support system. This goes yes. into mm-hmm. the other thing that you talked about. So picking mm-hmm. positive people to be around or supportive people. If you lay with the dogs, you're going to get fleas, as we like to say in the South. (laughs) And if body image is really informed by the messages that we're receiving from the people around us, and you've got a poor body image, well, then maybe you should look at the people around you, right? And how many magazines and TV shows are you consuming that are giving you messages that you're not right in some way or another. Many of the the like the young uh, adolescents and teenage girls that I work with, you know, are always like, I wish I was as skinny as this girl or beautiful or pretty. But then when we start reframing, like the realistically reframing, okay, so let's talk about this person. That that person that they want to be is miserable. Right, right. <laughs> that that person, whoever's skinny and beautiful, is drama, filled with drama, filled with their own angst, their own sorrow. So grass is always greener and there are again for another (laughs) show, but it it is still body image. And I've heard just as many people skinny shaming that the opposite. It's like, you know, there are people it's like, oh, well, I would love to be as skinny as that person. But I know people who can't gain weight if they try. And that is a struggle. Or the model body shaming where, you know, where I deal with a lot of women, uh, young women who um, have model bodies and look like models. But then it's the, the statement of, like, well, what's wrong with you? Why don't you model? Because you're so pretty. And why don't you do this? And why don't you lose the weight? Because you could be yeah. a model. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, right. it's the whole thing of like, yeah, very shaming. So. Yes. It's projecting onto it's them an like expectation. How, it's, it's almost projecting how dare you be so beautiful and not Use make, it. A, make a career out of it. As opposed to being a lawyer, a doctor, a totally. librarian. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You can try this at home. You can write yourself a mantra. One of mine is kiss my flaws. I know we, there's been some other ones that have been thrown out here today, but like things that you might have on your- I'm not a murderer. I just had a couple pieces of pizza pie. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a member of ISIS. Right? Oh God. <laughs> I just ate four brownies. It's okay. Um, it is okay. You can write a love letter to your body. Totally love that. Or to a part of your body, too, maybe that you're banging on all the time. Maybe that's something you can do in Dr. Wendy's Dream Journal. Dr. Wendy's Dream Journal. Aww. Oh, I love that. And someone just told me that they started a dream journal because of our show. That's fantastic. Yay. So, yes, we love to, to yeah. tell everybody, go get a dream journal in, in shorthand or, you oh, know, right. a write letter. But write letters, it's so pretty. And do you know, by the way, there is a wonderful hashtag that says, um, it's a message to myself or uh, a message to my younger self. And oh. it's great. So there are all these women around. I, I'm sure mentioned it too. And it says, if I could tell my younger self, I would say, don't worry about life. Yeah. Relax, enjoy, celebrate. It's a beautiful, beautiful. message. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Love it. Moving on. So focusing on what we have the power to change. There's no way I will ever be 5'8". 
I'm five foot one. A girl could dream. <laughs> <laughs> there are things called heels. I can wear heels. Right. Hello, no so blonde. <laughs> A girl could dream about Jimmy Choo. <laughs> so there are some things that one may be able to do. Don't wait till you're at your ideal to get new things or celebrate yourself. Like people talk about that too with weight. All we have is today. Yeah. We don't have any guarantees for tomorrow. All we have is today. All we have is this moment and yep. this here and this now. And where are you now? Yeah. So practicing self-care, taking care Huge. of what you actually have. You know, instead of thinking about what you don't have or where you are, where you yeah. perceive you could be better or failing, again, taking inventory, what do you have now and how can you keep that healthy? And poor body image seems to be something that you're willing to do anything to change yeah. regardless of what it's going to do to you as opposed to a healthy body image would be kind of accepting and, and highlighting yeah. yes. embracing highlighting i mean if you were uh you know have big breasts instead of you know uh hiding it all the time like get those girls up and you know ah. be grateful <laughs> I did want to just piggyback on one thing really quick as you said self care. If you're in if you're in it, then allow yourself one hour a day to be out of it. Do you know what I'm saying? So you don't have to do, do a full that. day without that's your self care. To get if you start to be off duty. To be off duty. Love that. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? That is self care. So because it's really shocking for so like people. Let your guard down. Let for your an guard hour. down and do what you need to do. Like do have a little fun because Part of the control is I got to be perfect. I got to yes. work hard. I got to and I'm like, I want you for an hour each day, or if it can only just be once a week, for you to click it off, click that mind off, and be in a mindful state and do something that's off duty. Yes, I, I love so that. important. Shut it down, girl. Shut it down. <laughs> Downtown Chinatown. <laughs> So, uh, also, altruism. Yes. Doing stuff for other people. Um, yes. The key the, to life, The key I feel. to life. Definitely, um, because it's it gets the attention off of yourself and gets you into connection with other people, a sense of purpose, redefining values. And there's um, so much yeah. to work in the world to be done. Yeah. There's right. so much. And, at your interest, mm-hmm. just pick anything. Yeah. Pick mm-hmm. any any part mm-hmm. of the world, pick any cause. There's it, so much work to be done. It builds self-esteem. Do you know what I'm saying? Especially like doing that. Like if you're you're figuring out what your value system are and you know what your purpose is, then get out there and volunteer. That's you'll figure out something. Like you love animals, there's that. You know, environmental issues, right? Mm-hmm. Working with people, working with children. It gives that sense of that's redefining that list for you of like, I'm really I can really do this. Right. Instead of, I can be this number on this scale, or I can make this muscle larger, you know, or this body bigger or stronger. If you feel like you can help others, then you will feel more like you are capable of helping yourself. That's a really big thing that people need to focus on as well, is to treat yourself as well as you treat other people. I mean, I think some people would never tell other people, like, you're fat or your butt's weird shaped or, you know, how can you live with one boob bigger than the other or whatever? And yet they've got no problem saying those things to themselves. It's like the terrorist within yourself. Yes. Oh, no, I did it. Oh, yes, I did. Wendy went there. Oh, I did. 
<laughs> and role model. If you know, catch yourself. If you were yeah. talking about somebody else as being, look at how fat that person is, yeah. and you may not even be thinking of it as being something mm-hmm. that is that is affecting a kid in a negative way or anybody around you. But the, if you're putting those messages out, they're getting picked up by kids. Those antennas are up. Yeah, <laughs> we both. Went, <gasps> and parents. Please, I'm. I really think this is important. I think that you should. Here's that should. This, this is the one should. Like yeah. the should so bad. But I really feel. Let me rephrase that. It's important for you to allow your children to learn a little bit about other cultures, like volunteering. Do you know what I'm saying? Like getting out of the bubble, right? Of the Facebook social media, shutting down. That yeah, this is your shutting. Down the I technology. call it take technology vacation yeah. or a holiday. Totally. Yep. Getting back into the here and the now, the moment, and yeah. Human. Human existence. Yes. Absolutely. Moving on. The good news here is that body image is formed from messages outside of ourselves, and it is all private and internal, and it takes place inside of you, and you you can change it. It is learned behavior. It is not... As much as nature and nurture might influence it, Mm -hmm. it is not set in stone. How you feel about yourself today is probably different than how you felt about yourself two weeks ago or two years ago. And that is good news because it means that you're capable of looking at yourself differently. So you want the butt implants today because that seems to be what's on trend as sexy and attractive. But 10 years ago or 10 years from now, it's going to be something different. Perhaps shoulder implants. <laughs> right. I mean, what's next? Oh, Lord. And the other good news is that we have false ideas about what other people find attractive. Men find women who are too obsessed with their bodies and their looks as being very high maintenance. If you're to- totally obsessed with those things, like we've talked about, there's no room for another person in a relationship with you. Well, and you said too, you sent those articles that men think they have to look like gladiator and women actually really like much more of the boy next door, more of a rounded sort of silhouette, yep. right? Because there's more love and hold and to throw you down with. Well, and, who's yeah. going to look like yeah. they have the time and energy and interest in hanging out with, with you, you and not at the gym 24-7. Yeah, and themselves. no offense. I do not want to wake up with somebody who looks prettier than I do. I'm sorry. I have a rule about that. Like, who wants, I mean, really, it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it's, you You know what I'm saying? Like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, someone who spends more time on this, I'm not, no. Somebody who's healthy, but it yeah. also inspires me to be healthier because I want to live yeah. longer to be with my husband. Yeah. So I, that yeah. makes quitting smoking, eating better, it's not just because of him. I mean, it was patterns that were already established before him. But even if it's just you're waiting for that partner, mm-hmm. that you want to be in good health so that when you find that person, you can enjoy them. And have fun. You know, I think that this is such a heavy discussion because a lot of people could relate. Yeah, so I don't want anyone to forget that you can have fun while you continue to grow and heal. Absolutely. I think that we're looking back that it was living hell, but the same thing too, it was just so profound. It was so profound what I learned, what I shared with the other women of the group, what I shared with my therapist and just the, the metamorphosis that I went through has made me a stronger person today. And it's made me a therapist. I, mean, I was going to say, profession. that's so, right. So look at yeah. the gift that you totally have. Totally gift. I totally gift you can it. hand down. Totally. 
So speaking of which, where can people find you, Candice, if they want to learn more about you and the work that you're doing? And soon she'll be able to do it nationally. (laughs) I mean, soon you're going to be able to do it teletherapy from wherever you are. This could be useful. You can find me on the web. It's under CandiceDaleMcKenzie.com we'll or Candice, it. I know it's CandiceMcKenzie.net or CandiceDaleMcKenzie.com. So you can find me and read more about me and shameless plug in. I love it. Do you have a telephone number? Oh, I do. I, I, I think I do. It's 310. <laughs> it's so cute. Does anyone say telephone nowadays? It's Sal or whatever yeah. people call it now. It's 310 <laughs> Six five three seven. Is their song "Ring My Bell"? Ring my bell. My bell. My bell. I'm exhausted. Again, you can find Dr. Wendy O'Connor or myself at drwendyoconnor.com, and Doctor is spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R. And we are in Los Angeles, California, and wherever you are, we hope you are happy, healthy, and well. Please call us at 310-712-1230 if you have questions, and please send us emails of questions, and we will address them on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Candice. Oh, my gosh, Let's go get some food. You've been listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny, a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. Dr. Wendy O'Connor and Jenny J.B. Wilson see clients in private practice in Los Angeles, California, and can be found online at www.doctorwendyoconnor.com and www.jennijbwilson.com. I'll take that.